Thanks for listening to the Voice Church Podcast. We are a new life-giving multi-ethnic church located in Orange County, California. We meet every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Tustin. For more information, check out our social media or our website at www.voice.church. And now, let's tune in to this week's message. Thank you so much for answering that question. That was my question, by the way. I'll take all the responsibility and blame for that one. Do you guys like that one? Yep. Uh, The way that I would answer that this morning is uh, me and my wife have been doing this thing lately where we're trying to say thank you just for more, right? It's so many things that we do. uh, You know, most people don't see all those things. So when we notice, we kind of stop and say thank you. So lately she has said, babe, you're so good at, I forget specifically, you're so good at like scheduling the family or something like that. It doesn't even matter what it was, but it was just like, oh, I do that. I kind of forget that I do that. So awesome. Uh, my name's Eric. If I haven't met you yet, I'm one of the elders here and just blessed to be a part of the, the speaking team and really blessed uh, to bring the message today. And um, did you guys notice the, the Mando theme music? Anybody notice it? Yeah. I don't know. I'm a nerd. I love the theme music for like movies and shows and stuff like that. So when I asked uh, the tech team to play that, they did it. Thanks, guys. That was awesome. So welcome this morning uh, to Voice Church. Uh, We are going to continue our series called This is the Way. This is the Way. If you're just picking up with it, uh, the the original name for Christianity, uh, back before it was called Christianity or being a Christian, was simple. It was just called the Way. It was just called the Way. And what we see from Scripture and tradition and and, uh, from looking back is we see real people catching on to the story of Jesus and committing their lives committing their lives to really, really love people, like in a way that proves that there's something else going on, proves that Jesus really is who he's talking about. We see people giving of their time and treasure and talent just to help others. We see people taking orphans into their homes who would otherwise have no no future, no no family. We see people forgiving people, even when maybe uh, they've experienced real pain. Living out of faith, that's difficult. Right, And so I love this play on the theme, this phrase that comes out of the, the show, obviously where we get our name for this series, uh, The Mandalorian, but we, this phrase that sometimes, sometimes this is just the way. And I love in the show, if you notice, and I, I picked up on it pretty early, you know, this is what the Mandalorians say every time they're in a difficult moment. They notice that it's difficult and they kind of re-up their commitment to their lifestyle, and they just say simply, this is the way. And that's what we're going for this morning as we continue the series. Most of my uh, professional work career uh, now, uh, for about 20 years, most of my jobs, uh, pastoring and teaching, um, I I, I find myself talking a lot. Are you somebody that has to like be up in front or communicating a lot? Maybe you're in a position where you're in charge of communication, but um, I spent a lot of time talking, and um, I find myself, I know it's shocking, hard to believe, but I do find myself saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. Anybody been in that moment? Have you ever said anything dumb? Uh, last year, I was making an announcement. I work at a school, and we do missions. I was making an announcement, 
And I was in front of the whole school. Parents were there. It was this huge kind of kickoff launch moment where we were uh, about ready after COVID to relaunch like our missions trips. And we were going to announce that we were going to like Kenya and Mexico and, you know, all these super cool things in this big moment. And so what I said was, hey, so just a reminder, and I had like a couple things build up, just a reminder that uh, one of our teachers um, is retiring. And so that means that, 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 that. And what I had failed to be aware of in the moment was that the, mem- the staff member who actually is retiring hadn't told the school yet. And so this big moment went from like, they're going to be so pumped to me accidentally announcing that she's leaving our school after a decade. And I was in that moment, and I remember, maybe you've been in a situation like this, where you feel like it's like time slows down, and the words, like, you know, like a cartoon, they, you see them, like, spelled out in front, and you're like, no. And you just want to grab the words and stuff them back in, but that's not how it works. God. You ever been in that moment? Today we're going to focus on the things that we say. The, the things that we say. Recently, uh, this past July, we, uh, my family and I had this amazing uh, blessing to be able to spend the entire month in Kenya. And that's a different story for a different day. We'd love to share uh, more about that with you. But during that time, I remember um, being very clear in my uh, conversation with God to pray this dangerous prayer. I'm going to put it on the screen. Maybe this is what, uh, something you need to be praying in the next season. But here, here's the prayer. It's real simple. One sentence. It says, God, what's one thing I can do differently to be more like you? What's one thing I can do differently to be more like you? And at that time, I was reading through the book of Ephesians. If you don't know what to read, uh, maybe start that book. It's, it was amazing for me. Uh, and I just happened to be on chapter 4. And that day, uh, when I sat down and I really remember, there it is. What's one thing I can do to be different, um, to be more like you? And I read this verse and it just struck. Have you ever been in that moment where you hear something or you read something and you're like, dang, that's ringing true. Ephesians 4.15 says, instead, Paul writes, instead, we will speak the truth in love. And that phrase just jumped out. Growing in every way, more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. We will speak the truth in love. And that's the emphasis for me. It was so clear this was what God was answering. This is the way I want you to be more like me, speak truth in love. I think we can take this idea, this phrase, speaking truth in love, in at least two ways. The first way is is a call to what I'm going to call capital T truth. Like the big conversation, the deep conversation. Things like, what is truth? Christians would say that the Son of God, that Jesus is the Son of God, and that he lived and died and came back to life and offers salvation to everybody who accepts it. And that, for us, is our truth. Truth, capital T. And I think in our culture, we're not going to go here today, but it must be said, in our culture, I think we are at, in a battle for what is considered capital T truth. What, what is true? Can people create their own truth? Do what's right for you. Follow your heart. Or is there something else going on? Is truth relative? See, for Christians... We regard Jesus and his gospel as the truth. 
The offer of salvation is true, right? We don't add to the gospel. It's not Jesus and anything. It's the truth. What he says is true. Now, our gospel is definitely not simple. It's relational. It's not religious. It's just our connection with him. It's not easy, but it's true, and it's good. And I love that it's, I guess it's simple in the sense that it's who you know, not what you know, right? It's all about him. And that's a, that's a message for a different day. We are called to speak truth. We're not called to water down our gospel or to entangle it with other belief systems. But that's not the conversation God put on my heart and mind for this morning. The other way I think this can be taken, taken is how we speak to the people around us. We're called to speak truth in love. We're called to speak truth and be loving. And this is what I'm going to focus on today. Now, a couple lies that I've believed for a long time that I had to rethink July and August that I want to bring up this morning. Uh, maybe it's time for you to rethink these things too. The first one, a couple lies that I've believed about speaking truth in love is, is uh, and you've heard this before, is actions speak louder than words. Now, I'm not going to go on to say that this is an outright lie, but here's what I mean is I've used this phrase, actions speak louder than words, as an excuse to not be careful with the things that I am saying. Because actions speak louder than words, right? So it doesn't matter what I say as much as what I do, but that's not true. Words matter. We need to be careful about that. I love uh, Sam's emphasis with the kids about how it takes 12 positive things to kind of undo a negative thing because words have power, right? It's not just actions speak louder than words because actions and words together is how we fully represent Jesus to the world. You can't have one thing without the other. What do we call that? A hypocrite, right? They can't contradict themselves. I was on my way to uh, Badland Barbecue in, uh, out in Corona area. If you're looking for a barbecue place that's not Lucille's, check it out. Badlands. Awesome. We were driving there, and it's like my favorite place, and I was so excited and driving and driving. And then um, we were in a parking lot, and something happened, another driver, I don't know, whatever. Um, but uh, we kind of turned the music down. I'm looking for a spot, and I had to make a sudden stop or something happened. And from the back seat, my son says, ha, that woman driver and my wife does not look at him who does she look at me now he didn't notice how perfectly I used my turn signals on the way there or how much space I gave the car in front of me or the perfect way I was at 10 and 2 you know what he noticed how his dad talks in the car Oof. It was a wake-up call. And so today, I want to pass on this wake-up call. Proverbs 21, 23 says, and maybe it was written for Eric 2,000 years ago. I don't know. You can be the judge. It says, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut, and you will stay out of trouble. Amen. Amen. I'm working on it. I like what Taka said also. I'm going from terrible to really bad. Progress. I'm working on it. The second lie that I've believed about speaking truth in love is that I've had to rethink lately is that when speaking truth in love, it's either one or the other. Have you guys heard people say this? Things like, hey, 
Sorry, sorry, bro. I know that was harsh, but I just had to be honest. Right? Or we think we can speak, you know, I, I know the truth and it's there, but you know what? I just need to speak loving so we dance around the truth to say something else. It's either one or the other. I can either be loving or I can be truthful. When in reality, I think Ephesians points us, uh, Paul points us to speaking truth in love. There is a way through the middle. I love this. Uh, Ephesians 4.29 says, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say, everything you say, be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. There is a way to speak truth and to be loving at the same time. There is a way. Let's explore that a little bit more. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to focus on one key story in in John 8. How do we follow Jesus' way, Jesus' example, when speaking to others? Well, I think Jesus puts on a master class. You guys know, have you seen those ads for master's class? I think this story is Jesus' master class for how to walk that line between truth and love. To have both, to speak truth in love. So John 8, we're going to start in verse 2 and read through verse 11. You might know the story or you might not, uh, but it's, it's, it's one that we need to have in our minds. You can follow along with me. It says, at dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts, speaking of Jesus, where all the people gathered around him and he sat down to teach them. Imagine this in your mind, a big courtyard where people are just talking about God's will and scripture and how to live that out. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. And they made her stand before the group. And he said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. You know, we should ask questions like, well, where's the guy? But caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. It actually says that in Scripture. Again, a different message. But what do you say? Now, why would they do this? Why would they bring it up? Well, John actually gives us the reason why. Verse 6, it says, They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. Jesus, you can either speak truth, biblical truth, or you can love. Choose one. Which side are you on? And I love his response. Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. Imagine just whatever he's writing down in the dirt. When they kept on questioning him, I imagine a minute passes, two minutes passes, three minutes pass. He straightened up and he said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Imagine this angry crowd just desperate to trap Jesus, maybe even rocks in hand. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up, stood up and asked, Woman, where where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she replied, No one, sir. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Now go, go now and leave your life of sin. What a story. 
Have you heard that story recently? Or maybe for the first time? Crazy. But imagine being in that tense moment, this crazy situation where they're trying to trap Jesus, and I think he handles this like a, just a pro. What a masterclass. What a story. A couple observations. When we want to follow Jesus in this way of speaking truth and, and being in love, number one, this is what I noticed, number one is stop complaining. Do everything, Philippians says, without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Now, this word complaining in Greek literally means to author, like to to write, to create, to author dissatisfaction. To complain is to author dissatisfaction. And have, have you ever noticed that there are some people that can find a problem with everything? If you haven't noticed that, it might be you. Okay, why do I know that? Because this is me. I can walk into a room, whatever part of my personality, and I don't notice that this thing is right and that the wall is straight and that the carpet looks good or whatever. I notice all the things that are out of place. What is that? I notice all the things that are wrong. And I've had to train myself that, and I'm not perfect at it, but to notice the good, to look for the good, to look for the good. See, if you always find the thing that's wrong and you express that dissatisfaction, it's actually not a words problem, it's a heart problem. Jesus says in Matthew 12, he says, whatever is in your heart determines what you say. And of course, we're dissatisfied. Church, listen, of course we're dissatisfied with a world that was never created to satisfy us in the first place. That's God's job, right? We're always going to have reasons to complain. The world is not redeemed yet. It's still broken. But Jesus says this in John 10.10. says, I have come that they, meaning us, that they may have life and have it to the full full, filled-up life. See, I, I, I can imagine. Now, um, I did bring a Mando helmet today, so I have to wear it, right? Obviously, right? Now, imagine... Imagine a Mandalorian walking around just defeat... just complaining, being like, oh... Why are people always shooting at me? Like, it's so hard. This helmet is really uncomfortable. Right? This show would be lame. Can you imagine Mandalorians walking around just complaining all the time? (laughs) You know what's so awesome about this show? Is that even when the road is difficult, what do they do? They stay on it. And in fact, they say straight up out front, this is the way, but I'm sticking to it. You know what I don't see in this masterclass in John 8 of Jesus and this crowd and this woman? I don't see him stopping to say, gosh, guys, this is a hard question. I wasn't ready for this. Like, you should have made an appointment. (laughs) He doesn't stop and complain. If we want to represent Jesus well... We need to look for the ways that God is present. 
We need to look for the, the things that he's doing, the way that he is bringing goodness and joy into the world. And I think sometimes we just need to s- set our determination to stop complaining. Now, the next thing that I notice that uh, Jesus does is, um, is he slows the situation down. So if we put on the screen, second thing you want to do to continue to walk in the way, to speak truth and love, I think is simply just to slow down. Just to slow down. From the story here, it says that uh, these people pressed in on Jesus and they were like using this question as a trap. And what does he do? Right? Imagine they're just like in on him. Maybe they have rocks in hand. I don't know. Maybe it's loud and yelling. It's the courtyard. It's crazy. And he just squats down and stops. And I think we get focused on what he's writing. Have you guys ever heard the theory? He's writing their sins, or I don't know. And maybe we've missed the obvious. It's not maybe what he's writing, the fact that he's taking a moment to slow down and collect himself. I love that. Do you know how many times I regret saying something in the moment? Right? Maybe what we need to learn how to do when we're speaking truth and love is to take a deep breath and walk away count to ten, whatever, collect ourselves and come back. I think that's always a good idea, simply to slow down. James 1, 19 and 20 says, Dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak. And slow to become angry because human anger does not produce that righteousness that God desires. I love that Jesus in the tense moment just slows everything down. If we want to speak truth in love, take a minute. Third thing that I see in this masterclass of Jesus speaking truth in love is that Jesus protects before he judges. Do you notice that in the story? He's not choosing sides. He, he decides in the moment, I think, um, to just simply protect This poor woman who's been thrown to the wolves here. Right? John 8, 7 and 8, we'll just read it again. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. As if maybe a mic drop moment. Like, I'll wait. You guys work that out. It's between you and, and the Lord. And whether you know, people are right or people are wrong or they're in this camp or this party or of this opinion or even the person in the parking lot who's inconveniencing you, Eric, they're still valuable to God. And that doesn't change. Whether you agree with them or not, we are called to love these people. Proverbs twelve eighteen says, The words of the thoughtless... Words of the thoughtless people cut like swords, but the tongue of wise people brings healing. What a great example in Jesus. I love that he says, just, you know what? It's actually not about us judging her as much as you guys need to turn that mirror on yourself for a little bit. He just protects before he judges, and I love that. And I want to be more like that. And then number four, number four is that Jesus tells her the truth without condemning her. Do you notice that in the story? 
He says, tell the truth without condemning. He doesn't actually shy away from the truth at all. I love that Jesus is a person who tells the truth. He always tells the truth. He says that sin is sin. And when he has every right to condemn and judge her, he chooses not to. He doesn't condemn her. He says, at this, those who began to go away one at a time. The older ones went first until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. And Jesus stood up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one. Then neither do I condemn you, he said. Go now and leave your life of sin. Telling her the absolute truth. Calling sin, sin. But still loving her in the moment. Still loving her in the moment. Speaking truth in love voice is the way. It's the way. And I think what we need to do is partner with the Holy Spirit more to kind of activate this this divine creativity. When we get into moments when we know the truth needs to be spoken and we need to step into that. But also we need to represent Jesus in that moment and be loving. I think that we can take these things that we notice from the story just slow down and ask the Holy Spirit for help. Where is the truth in this situation? How can I still love the people that are in this situation? Just slow down. I think that we can always seek to protect before we judge. I know I get into a habit, uh, I'm a dean at my school, and I get into a habit of just like, what, whose fault was it? Let's just get it over with. And maybe what I need to be looking for is not necessarily the right and wrong at first, but how I can protect all parties. The judgment will come, right? We need to see the truth in the situation, but we're dealing with people. These are people that that Jesus died for. And we can be careful to tell the truth without condemning the people around us. We can be careful with that. Now, uh, to wrap up, I uh, feel like a hypocrite (laughs) preaching this today. Um, the, I wrote down and I'll just read it I, I, I feel like the least qualified person on the planet <laughs> to be giving this message today uh, this is an area of weakness for me and this master class from Jesus I really believe is for me first and so I want to leave us with what I felt like God uh, was saying to me this week throughout this and maybe it's for you too Philippians 1.6 just simply says, and I love this, he says, God, who began a good work in you, will carry it on into completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I believe that there are somebody, there's somebody in this room who kind of lines up with, with where I'm at with this today and is like, man, this is an area of growth. But God's saying he's committed He's committed to you. He's committed to get you there. That even if you failed a thousand times, it's worth starting over and trying again today. That what a powerful thing, what a powerful way to represent Jesus, to have this wonderful blend of loving action with speaking truth in love. See, I think uh, God also wants us, church, to be really careful with how we speak to ourselves 
Self-talk can be so powerful. So we are part of that message too, part of that audience too. So what I'm going to ask you to do is uh, simply stand. We're going to sing uh, to close another song. I'm going to ask you to stand and let's pray together. So Lord Jesus, we really do we really do look to you as the author, the perfecter of our faith, as the one who knows how to do this thing really well, to speak truth and love to the people around us. And Holy Spirit, we ask for your presence and your power to know how to live that out, even if the moment is difficult. God, I know the, the, the message, is, it's, it's cool to, to hear Mandalorians in the show say, this is the way, and I feel like that's actually what we need to say this morning. This is a difficult road, but this is the way to life. This is the way to salvation. This is the way to represent you in our world. Some of us need to really take a hard look at how we're speaking and to our family and to our friends, to that person at work, that person online. Some of us need to take a hard look at the way we're speaking to ourselves. Does it reflect Jesus' opinion of us? Learn to give ourselves the same grace that he died to give us. But Lord, would you power us up through the presence of the Holy Spirit. God, to speak your truth, to really be known for love. God, as we spend the next minute or two or three just kind of reflecting on Scripture, your message this morning, I pray that you would encourage us, that you would encourage us to use Jesus' example with this woman in John 8 to find this line, to speak truth, but to speak it in love to your people around us. As the church gathers this morning and then in a few minutes we scatter out to where you've sent us on mission to family, to friends, to work, I pray that we would really just be mindful, just to be mindful to represent you well. And I pray that for myself first. God, we do this, we do all of this because you did this for us first. So God, as we wrap up today and as we sing this song, I pray that you would just continue to speak. Would you continue to tell us who we are in you as we write cards to the kids, as we stay silent because <laughs> there's nothing good to say, as we find the way to speak truth and be loving, I pray that you would just obvious so that even somebody like me can find it. God, you love us, and this is the way. In Jesus' name, we all said. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's message at Voice Church. We hope it inspired you to live a life more faithfully for Jesus and to be a voice of hope for your community. We'd love for you to join us in person on a Sunday, and until then, we hope you have a beautiful week.